You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, today I am excited. We've got some guests on today from the Bears Essentials, the Bear Essentials Podcast. I always put the S's in the wrong spot, but they're going to talk Chicago Bears. Before we get there, though, uh, I figure I should talk about the fact that Christian Watson's not going to be playing in this game. Um, obviously, that is a pretty big blow. Um, we'll talk more in depth well, we probably should do it today, but I I got to get the timing down, man. I'm not in uh, regular season form here. We'll have to we'll have to really cram a lot of stuff into Sunday's episode. But look, we we understand the major issue here. I mean, look, look there's there's two issues at hand. Just leaving aside the fact that Christian Watson obviously is our, our one of our top receivers, and that's a negative. My first honest takeaway, and I put this on social media, was if I had to pick between the two wide receivers, I would take Romeo Dobbs in terms of who's going to be in this game. Now, if you've been listening, you know I'm a bigger fan of Christian Watson than Romeo Dobbs, but you've also known that I've been saying that Love and Watson are not on the same page yet. Maybe that's just an off-season thing. I don't know. But I I just I saw what happened when Dobbs wasn't in that last preseason game. Nothing was working. Not even Christian Watson. Nothing was really quite clicking. Dobbs, and it could be a coincidence, but Dobbs just seems to be that guy that sets everything in motion. He's always going to be where you need him, when you need him. Kind of like, and obviously this is not a one-to-one comparison, but when you took Travis Kelsey out of that Kansas City Chiefs game, there's nobody to go to on that third down. There's nobody that you just know is going to be there. And even if he's not, I trust that I can put the ball out there and he's going to be there and, and get it for me. I mean, that's that's sort of the relationship that they have built. Now, with that said... Even still, there's going to be issues because where do the Packers, where does Jordan Love, where does Romeo Dobbs, where did Jaden Reed do a lot of their damage? It's going to be sort of the short to intermediate, middle, sometimes uh, boundary, but it's a lot of the underneath stuff. And I had said, I don't think the Bears are really going to challenge the Packers. You know, I, there's a lot of talk about they play a lot of single high. Are they going to dare the Packers to go down the field? And maybe they will now with Christian Watson not being there. I don't know. But the, my, my initial answer was no. They're going to play more too high. They're going to try to keep everything in front of them because although they do have some pieces on defense, I don't think that they have a an, an, an elite core of, of, of defenders, especially when you look at the pass rush. That's the thing. If you want to challenge a team, you've got to bring pass rush because if you let a quarterback sit in the pocket, I don't care how good you think your DBs are, your linebackers, you're going to get cooked. So I think the preference would be keep everything in front of you and work downhill. And that's a big problem because that's going to play right into their hands without Christian Watson because we're going to struggle to stretch the field. Everybody wants to compress the field, and I think the Bears are going to do that. They're going to really compress the field and and not give a lot of room. You know, They're still going to have the safeties overhanging, but they're not going to be as deep. The linebackers aren't going to be as deep. Everyone's going to be in a little bit, which makes less space. It's going to be like we're playing in the red zone all the way down the field. So unless and until Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, or Luke Musgrave can challenge down the field and kind of stretch this thing out, and, and, and the reality is they're fast, but they're not quite Christian Watson fast. It's just going to create problems in terms of creating space. So even if Christian Watson isn't 
like going to be the number one guy. It's the same thing that happened with MVS. He, he was never that useful as a wide receiver in terms of his his statistics, but he was always useful in terms of you, you, you. I don't care if you don't think he's ever going to catch a pass. You still have to back up because you don't want him to get behind you. So I, I, I just I do wonder about that about about there being less space to operate and potentially the Packers saying we're we're gonna have to kind of man up a little bit. And we're going to have to take some shots with the guys we got. You know, Romeo Dobbs is not slow. Jaden Reed certainly isn't slow, especially based on the measurements that the Packers apparently got. We know Musgrave has got a lot of speed for a tight end. So it's it's a blow. But I, I think, honestly, the biggest concern I have right now isn't so much that, oh, shucks, he's not playing in this game, although obviously that sucks. My biggest question is, it, like, is he going to be good next week? Are we just saying, like, all right, yeah, he's down a week, that sucks, but he'll be right back? Or could this be week three, week four, week five, week six? Because, I mean, that's a very, very serious problem. It just is. As much as I like the guys we have, we know that there's not... These guys need, these guys need some time. They've already got a lot on their plate. So, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. All, all I know is Watson's not playing. But we got Dobbs back. There was a There was a... Very distinct possibility for a while there. We weren't having either of them. So I will take Dobbs, and I will just be grateful. Anyways, I want to get to the uh, the podcast that we did. Um, one thing to note, when I do podcasts with Chicago Bears hosts, when I either am on their show or want to have them on mine, I am not going to sit and start slinging mud. They were nice enough to come on the show. I'm not going to sit here and start talking about this guy sucks, that guy sucks. This is about getting their perspective. Because I know a lot of you are going to get mad at me for uh, <laughs> for for not only letting some things slide, but for also agreeing. So let me just jump out in front of that right now. I Everything I said, I stand by. If you're talking best case scenario, is it possible the Bears have a number one wide receiver and two number twos? Yes, it is. Best case scenario is is Justin Fields going to take a massive leap with the people that he has around him. Of course it is. Is it possible Tremaine Edmonds does what he does this year what he did last year? Yes. Can Jaquan Brisker take a second year leap? Yes. Can Eddie Jackson repeat what he did last year? Yes. If all those things happen, do the Bears have a good team and are we screwed? Yes. Do I think all of those things are going to happen? No. Not any more than I think it's going to happen on the Packers, which is why I'm not sitting here saying we got Pat Mahomes a quarterback or or you know just a, a really solid quarterback and I know our wide you know it's it's not just aiming at the stars so anyways i just wanted to get that out of the way i don't want you guys giving me any crap about it <laughs> for being polite to my guests with that said why don't we get into it this is the interview i did with the bear essentials podcast in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value jordan love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, guys, I've got a couple special guests here today. We're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. I don't usually bring on guests but uh, I've got a pretty good relationship with these guys over at the Bears Ascent, uh, the Bear Essential Podcast. That's D A B E A R Essentials Podcast. Um, I've been talking recently about checking out some of the podcasts, and I've mentioned that a lot of these Bears podcasts are a lot better than what you find on social media. They're a lot more rational, reasonable, and whatnot. And I, I really do mean this when I say this, guys. I think your guys' podcast. It's probably my favorite to go to as far as the Chicago Bears, not only because of the takes you give are obviously optimistic, but rational, but I just really like your guys' dynamic. You guys are a lot of fun, and um, I definitely don't feel like I'm I'm not welcome when, when I come listen to you guys. <laughs> you guys are a lot of fun to listen to. You're cool guys. We got Prez and A-Dub who are going to be hanging out with us. So anyways, I just want to say thank you guys for uh, for hanging out and talking about the Bears today. And we appreciate the invite, and we had so much fun when we did it the first time, so let's rock and roll, baby. Yeah. All right. So, and again, guys, please check out their podcast because we're going we're gonna to be playing these these Bears a lot, and um, we, we've got a whole new thing going on here with a lot of new players for them. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is this Bears roster and kind of getting to uh, understand it a little bit more. I want to start with the wide receivers because – I think Bears fans can make a pretty solid case that this is going to be a good group, but I think you could also make the case that it might still struggle a little bit. And the biggest thing for me is Claypool and Mooney, right? Because I think if Claypool and Mooney are exactly what they were last year, that's not the greatest thing in the world. But I, I don't want to tell you to make the case, but give me your thoughts, I guess, on this this wide receiver group. Um, obviously we know DJ Moore, but what do you think about Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney in that trio? So I'll just say this, uh, I've covered a majority of the training camp practices for the bears and Chase Claypool looked awesome during practice. I know there was a lot of talk about what he was doing off the field, which I thought was nonsense, but when they stepped out there on the grass, Chase Claypool was getting it done. The issue with Chase Claypool is just being able to stay healthy. Sure. I mean, if you look at when we got him last year, he couldn't stay on the field. He didn't master the playbook. Those were more of my concerns. This year, he came in. Justin Fields was raving about him, saying the guy came in and was doing all the right things. He was tearing it up out there on the practice field. So the timing of him getting injured 
it's kind of where I'm like, oh, Chase, man, come on, man. We were just starting around the corner with you, sure. and here you are again now missing valuable camp time. Now, Darnell Mooney, now this, I'm going to defer over to A-Dub for this one because this is his guy. I mean, coming <laughs> off of a really gruesome injury last season, who even knows what we're going to see from Darnell Mooney this season? Look, Prince, you hit it on the head, man, when you talk about Claypool. But you're right. Darnell Mooney is a guy. He's a sleeper. And Prince is hit on the head coming off injury. He feels like he has a lot to prove. A different dude at this point. He came out and made some comments, you know, like, hey, I'm going to give everybody the business, not caring about what anyone think about him in general. So this guy's pretty much knowing that Justin Fields and DJ Moore really been having a good thing and maybe feeling a little bit like a stepchild, which I call it when I was talking to Prez <laughs> on the show. And at this point, he's been like, hey, I got to get back to show this franchise that I am the real deal when I done my second year when I pretty much got over a 1,000 receiving yards. So now he's looking to have a bounce back here. So I can see some good things happening with him and the fact that he has help with a guy like DJ Moore. And, and that's kind of what I – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, too, and he's not being miscast as a wide receiver one right. like he was last year. I think that was the bigger problem as well. And, and I think that is the case that you can make that, that I think is reasonable. We know DJ Moore is the number one wide receiver. And then Darnell Mooney was a solid receiver two years ago. And so if, if Chase can be a, a, a decent number two, I think it's a really good group. Is there um, is there anybody else, Equinemius, Valus, anybody else that you think maybe could have an impact? Well, I mean, you know Equinemi as well. Uh, I think for him, great blocking receiver. He's not going to give you much during the passing game. Tyler Scott is a guy that I think could emerge. He's dropped the ball a little bit in training camp, but speed kills. He's a guy that I think if he can get some confidence going, I think the second half of the season you can see him emerge. Valus Jones, I don't know what the hell to, to think about that guy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we drafted a 24-year-old uh, punt returner, and he can't even do that right. So it's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, we we had a guy that was uh, exactly that just a couple years ago. We got him. Actually, it was the third round also. We got him in the third round. We thought he could be something special. And I was like, well, maybe he could be a special pet, uh, punt returner or something. And then he was a disaster at that. And we, when we got rid of him, there was a parade, I think, in Green Bay when we got rid of that guy. Yep, and Avellis might be on his way muffing punts. Yeah. He's probably muffing a punt <laughs> somewhere right now. Yeah. Well, I, well no, I'm not going to keep picking on Avellis. Let's talk about the uh, <laughs> the offensive line because this is another one that that's kind of weird to me. Um if you look at guys shifting positions, there have been a lot of changes, even though I think Cody White here is going back to left guard right now. Correct. But um, right. kind of help me understand this offensive line. So we got Braxton at left tackle, temporarily Cody at left guard. Is it Lucas at center right now, you think? Yeah, yep, you're okay, wearing yep. Lucas Patrick, uh, Nate right. Davis, if, if he decides to play on, on Sunday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has he has he visited Chicago yet? Is he? I don't think so. Man. I, don't even, <laughs> okay. I think he came here to sign a contract, do a press conference, and I don't know what the hell he's been doing. Okay. I swear. I've never heard of anything like that in my life. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? And then, and then Darnell Wright at right Darnell time. Wright. Okay. So um, j just kind of – I guess give me your thoughts on this offensive line. I mean, we, we don't know a ton about Darnell Wright. I really liked him in college, but he's a rookie. Yeah. Nate, there's upside, but like you said, he hasn't been here. So I know there was a ton of optimism at first, but as I'm kind of listening in a little bit, Bears fans are kind of going, I'm kind of getting a little nervous. Where do you guys land on this offensive line right now? Uh, I think it's one of my bigger concerns uh, in yeah. this matchup against the Packers. Uh, to be honest, uh, we were just talking on our show about Kenny Clark and, 
this is the approach that you guys have been doing up front. Uh, you guys have been very explosive getting through the gaps. I'm really concerned about the interior of our offensive line. No, no disrespect to Lucas Patrick. We talk about it all the time. He's got a great positional uh, versatility and whatnot, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah, uh, Cody right here. I think at this stage of the, in his career, I prefer for him to be at center. The Tevin Jenkins injury that was the one that, that really hurt for me because right. this was a guy last season that I thought was our best offensive lineman. And the fact now that you're not going to have him, we're back to playing musical chairs on our offensive line again. This is the same story that we've had with Justin Fields his whole career here in Chicago. Sure. And if we're supposed to go to places that people are thinking and hopeful that we could go, we got to be able to keep this kid upright. And so I have major concerns. Yeah, so right now I would guess it's sort of fingers crossed with Braxton Jones, Nate Davis, and Darnell Wright can hold it down and, and you just hold your breath with the other two on the inside. Pretty much. Braxton Jones, he's a guy that we talk about a lot on this show. He's dependable, man. You, you talk yeah. about a guy that doesn't miss practice, started all 17 games last season as a fifth-round draft pick. I mean, you can't ask for much, nothing much more for what he's provided. But outside of that, man, <laughs> it's yeah, Braxton. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Braxton's kind of funny, too, because I remember Bears fans kind of getting hyped up about him. I'm like, okay, fine, but he's a fifth-round pick. He's not going to start at left tackle. And he just kept doing good. And I'm like, you're not supposed to do that, dude. <laughs> you're not supposed to be good, especially as a rookie. So I don't. That's 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 uh that's a heck of a swing and, and a hit by the Bears to get a guy like Braxton. I'm still hoping that somehow this is a fluke. But like you said, he played every <laughs> game. I'm looking at his grades right now. I mean, his first two games were probably some of his roughest, and after that, he was solid almost every single game. So exactly. yeah, that's 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 unfortunate that you found a guy like that in the fifth round. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got to get better against the bull rush. But other yeah, than yeah, that, yeah, he's, he's been solid. Um, all right, so tight end I think is mostly straightforward, right? Especially since we know two of your three tight ends and Robert Tunyon <laughs> and Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Um, what What's the thought on Cole Komet? I guess I don't really have an understanding of where Bear fans are at. It seems like there seems to be a lot of optimism, but I'm not sure. I think a couple years ago it was sort of like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Where, where do you guys land on him right now? I'm going to let you get those uh, up. I think at this point we talk about Cole Komet. Uh, this is the guy that really started to turn things up. Late in the season last year, he started okay. to get a lot of touchdowns and pretty much being a red zone option for the Chicago Bears. And then coming to the season, we're pretty much expecting a lot more out of him because, of course, he, he added the weapons with DJ Moore, a renewed Claypool, right? And the money moves coming back with vengeance. It's like, hey, he's going to be that guy that you probably can lean on. And looking at Cole Komet, I mean, the years he's gone through tight end school and going there and soaking up all that information for some of the great tight ends to play the game. He's really been coming back, as you've seen over the years, changed his body and everything else. And he's been a guy, a key contributor, that I think is going to continue to get better. And yeah, one, right. one thing I was going to say real quick to just kind of piggyback off what you said there about Cole Komet, it was a very polarizing draft pick when it was made. A lot of Bears fans were like, kind of like, why? You know, like, yeah, yeah. why are we doing it? But I'll tell you one thing. He and Justin have gotten a really good chemistry in place. I've watched a lot of that evolve over the last couple of training camps to, to aid those point. We start to see the production on the field with the touchdowns with Cole Komet. But I will tell you this. When Justin Fields is going to be looking for security blankets this season, he's going to look at two people, DJ Moore yep. and Cole Komet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and I, I forgot about that. That was kind of his knock was the touchdowns. 2021, he didn't have a single touchdown. Then the first seven weeks, he didn't have any touchdowns. And then, yeah, right. like you said, starting week eight, he had seven through the rest of the season. He was kind of hammering them after that. Yep. So, and, and then um, just, just I'm just curious because I, I hear a lot of, hype about it and I I, I it, it kind of makes me cringe 
you know Robert Tunyon's not that good, right? So, so this is the thing. <laughs> I know, I know, Bears fans. We've we've gone a little crazy now. We forgot who he was when he was in Green Bay. You know how it goes, right? right. Now he's on this side of, of the rivalry, and we're all like, it. "Yeah, we forgot all of the shit we used to say about this guy a year ago." <laughs> but he has looked pretty good so far in training camp. I know okay. it's just training camp, but I mean, he was getting open a lot in the red zone. I think he might be a really good red zone option for us. Uh, and we need that because our office, when it gets down in that red zone, man, it gets all mucked up. So, and and I I'm say that, it. and I, I'm guaranteed now he's going to have a 40 yard touchdown in this game just because I ran my. <laughs> I did I did yeah. that last year. I remember I was looking at your guys' defensive line, and I'm like, man, you. I think it may have even been two years ago, and I was like, I don't. They just don't have anybody. And there was some somebody. He had like two sacks all year, and I think they were both against the Packers because I ran my mouth about it. So I got to just stop talking. Here. <laughs> I hope he's spoken into existence. Yeah. <laughs> with that said, I think I think Mercedes would be a good addition for you guys with the the running that you do and whatnot. Um, but also, too, just real quick about Mercedes, yeah. that's a lot that Cole commit to learn from him. I mean, oh, you yeah. got to think right. about Mercedes. That's a coach on the field right there. So, yeah, you're not going to find. I mean, historically, a blocking tight end. I mean, at least in the modern era. That guy is is so fundamentally sound in the stuff that Oof. he knows. So yeah, he's he's a he's he and he's just a good guy. I mean, he's a, he's a leader through and through. And I think your team in general could use it. You got a lot of young guys that haven't had a lot of Mercedes in that Correct. locker room. Yep. Um, all right, running back this is another one. I'm I'm a little. There, there's a lot of excitement about a lot of these guys, but only one of them can be RB one, right? And right. I know on the depth chart it's Khalil Herbert. And I was actually shocked. I, I did. I'm, I I disconnected from fantasy football last minute. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And we're getting all the way down into the later rounds, and I see Khalil Herbert sitting there, and I'm like, what the heck is that? So I picked him up in a second, assuming this is our number one running back on the number one running team in football last year. Right. Am, am, am I just way off on that? Is this gonna be like a big rotation with Rashawn and and Foreman and whatnot, or or where, yeah, where, where are gonna, we at with the running backs? I think what you. I think it's gonna be a crapshoot. Okay. I think that Khalil Herbert's going to start out, and I think they're going to go with the hot hand. Yeah, we, We've been talking a lot about that, where we think that Roshan Johnson is going to probably be the one that ends up ascending to that top spot. <laughs> you know, But I'll tell you one thing. I mean, because to your point, I did a fantasy draft, and I rolled with Herbert too, because I'm like, at least yeah. I could get him out of the, out of the shoot coming in right. hot. <laughs> but we'll see, man. I mean, like you said, number one rushing offense last year, a lot of that had to do with Justin Fields. But a yeah. guy like Khalil Herbert, his runs and yards after contact is, is, is phenomenal. Right. I just think that Roshan Johnson just offers something that the other two backs in front of him just don't have. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, and I mean, Khalil Herbert was, not, not to sit here and like brag up your guy or anything, but he was the guy that when Montgomery was in front, you're watching him going, you know, as much as I liked Montgomery in college, you can't deny Khalil Herbert's the better running back here. You look at his statistics. You look at how how just electrifying he looked with the ball in his hands. Five point seven yards per carry. I mean, that's like an Aaron Jones thing. In his first year, he had five point five, and I was like, just so you guys know, he can't maintain that. He's had five point five almost every single year after that. I'm terrible at my job, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that. Everything I say is wrong. But okay, hey, keep speaking <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah. so, so Khalil Herbert had five points. So so yeah, I'm just I'm looking at it going. I mean, you guys. For, for whatever issues pass blocking you have, these are a bunch of road graders up front. And Khalil Herbert is a really fast, shifty guy. He, he was, I think, your third highest graded offensive player. So, um, yeah, maybe I messed up drafting him. But, yeah, that's good to know, and it'll be something to keep an eye on as far as the rotation. I know, and, that, and that's the thing, like I said, I've, I've been confused about because I thought for sure Khalil was the guy 
And then I keep hearing like a ton of hype about Roshan Johnson. Some people are big on the Foreman train. So I was like, you guys, you can only have one guy running it. I don't know if you knew. Yeah, There's only one football right. on the field. So um, now it'll be it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. And uh, I'll definitely I'll have to keep a real close eye and see if I can trade Khalil while it's high. If, if I were you, trade him while the, the value's there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. If, if, I'll say Khalil will get the most carries, get a bunch of points, and I'll see Roshan break one and be like, yeah, I'm trading this guy. I'm going to get Roshan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll tell you what. We got, uh, aside from your fullback, which I'll, I'll be honest, I don't care. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the only guy left on offense is Justin Fields. Um, I know this is a, a – generally from what I've heard, as far as Bears fans are concerned, there isn't a ton of – of feeling like I don't know if this is the guy. Am I wrong about that? I think if you if you ask most people in the fan base, the logical fans, right? Not the idiots sure. that you know. Yeah, whatever on Twitter. I get it. Most of the time, you're going to get someone that's going to tell you, "We're sold. We're all in on the guy." Right. But the thing that Adub and I we make sure that we preach on our show is the fact that we need to see more progression as of him as a passer. Right. We know that the guy's a hell of an athlete. We know he's got the skill set. We know he's got the moxie. Right. But what we need to see is, all right, we have all these weapons around you now. Now it's on you. And that's kind of what we've been preaching to our listeners. But if you look across Twitter land, uh, everybody gets all lathered up, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I guess it's it's kind of tough, too, because I, I've, I've been I'll, – I'll admit – I've not been the biggest Justin Fields fan, but but I, I'll even say I've been somewhat unfair because I've mostly been look, honing in on the passing. And it's yeah. not true that the only thing that matters is passing, right? There's a big difference if you look at like statistics like EPA, EPA per pass compared to EPA per play. It's not fair to not count in the play part of it. So I guess what it, the, the question for me is, assuming Justin Fields is just a different kind of guy, right? He's not Tom Brady. He's got this other attribute over here. What What do you need? from him as a passer, just, just like statistically, right? I mean, it'd be great if he was a 5,000 yard passer and 40 touchdowns, but with the rushing, you don't necessarily need that. What, what is the success for Justin Fields this year? I think anything over 3,300 yards would be a success for me. I think if we could get him to cut down on the interceptions and the turnovers, I think that would be huge. And I don't want to see him rushing for 1,100 yards this season. I might be in the minority there, right? But we saw what that looked like towards the end of the season. It, it wasn't good. I mean, the guy's hamstrings weren't firing correctly. You know, it's just it wasn't a good mix. I say 3,300 to 3,500 yards, cut down on the, t- on the uh, turnovers. And the biggest thing for me, Ryan, I just want to see the progression of him working through his reads. We've seen a little bit more of that in the preseason for the limited amount of time that he was out there. But we weren't seeing him just going one read, run the ball. We're seeing him now look at all his various reads. And if there's an opportunity for him to run, he's running, but he's getting down. He's getting out of bounds. He's not taking unnecessary shots. So for me, those are the things that I'm hoping that we continue to see with Justin this season. And you add to the fact that this guy took a lot of sacks last year. And I think prayers allude to that. All those things there, if he does those things, go through his reads the right way, get about there when need to be and run the football, that can also cut back on a lot of sacks that he took last year, year as well sure. because some of them were self-inflicting. I understand the yes, line sir. was a problem too, but he was also a problem as well. He didn't do, do the right thing for himself at times. So I think if he does a lot of these things that Perez mentioned, that can definitely put him in a good position to do very well this season. 
Yeah. yeah stop holding on to that football. <laughs> yeah, right. His, his time to throw was pretty wild. But yeah. um no, I think I think that does make sense too as a question because you don't like you say you don't want him running for eleven hundred yards all the time because he's he's gonna be in the league for five years and he's gonna be done. Mm-hmm. So then, then the question becomes: Well, you don't want to dial it back too much because he's such an electrifying athlete. So, what you know, I'm, I'm not really asking you, but it's kind of a question in terms of where do you strike that balance? Because you don't want to dial it back too much, but you also, like, like you said, we we got to protect him, and he does need to improve as a passer. So that's going to be interesting to see, kind of how the Bears handle that in terms of how do we strike that balance? Yeah, Luke Getzey's got some tough work ahead of him, and I hope he's ready for it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Anyways, guys, uh, why don't we take a quick break and then I want to run through the defense and then we'll we'll get you guys out of here again. I appreciate your time. Um, I want to mention real quick Old Southern Barbecue sponsoring this podcast. I don't know if you guys are, are big uh, barbecue guys, but me and a lot of my listeners, we uh, we love going outside. I got my Weber. I'm going to go out there and make some ribs later today, I think. Nice. But um, Old Southern Barbecue and you guys could check it out, too, if you want. They've got uh, some some rubs and some barbecue sauces. And I'm telling you, it is some of the absolute best. I have ever had just get their barbecue rub for if you're doing like basic ribs or whatever and then uh, they've got four award winner two of them i think are award-winning barbecue sauces it's uh, just about six bucks for a bottle of barbecue sauce oldsouthernbbq.com please check it out we got promo code packernet15 capital p capital n packernet15 for 15 percent off your order my daughter feels like she needs to chime in on the ad <laughs> friendly all right, never mind. She's not listening. She doesn't listen. My kids don't listen to me. Why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. <laughs> Brindley. All right, guys. <laughs> let's uh, let's run through this defense real quick. I know you had mentioned earlier one of your bigger concerns is the offensive line. I have to assume potentially another concern would be the interior defensive line. Is that a safe assumption? I'm actually more concerned with the edge rush situation. Oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, just last year, I mean, as you know, Ryan, I mean, we, we didn't do a really good job right. being after the quarterback. Shaquan right. Brisker led our team in sacks, right? So that says it all. <laughs> so you, you go out and you get Ngakwe. You know, and we know he's consistent, probably, you know, average 10 sacks this season or whatnot. But I don't necessarily know what we're going to see from Demarcus Walker on the other side, right? He had a, a breakout year last year with the Titans, seven sacks, but he hasn't really practiced much. So my thing is I'm more concerned there – than I actually am with the interior to line. I really like the Andrew Billings signing. I think that he's going to be really stout. Some of the things that he does on film, especially this summer, it, it, it really got me excited. Mm-hmm. Justin Jones, he's got to improve from where he was at last season. And that's no if, right. and, or buts about right. that. I mean, teams ran the football down our throats. And, and that's also a concern with this matchup with the Packers. And we talked about this on our show of how are we going to match up with Jones and Dylan? And we right. know Dylan. I know he came off of a really, you know, up and down season last year. But you got a guy 245 coming at you with low pad level. Good luck. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that is actually an area that I've been annoyed with with Dylan is he's so powerful, but he doesn't quite get his pads where they need to be. But this year, and it's a small sample size, but it seems like he kind of was offended by some of the comments we were making. He's out there just crushing people. But um, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, especially about uh, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. Um, these are some relatively high picks for the Bears. I know there's been a, a decent amount of hype, especially for Dexter with, you know, changing the the, the scheme that he's in, thinking that that's going to help him quite a bit. Um, I, I, I wonder, I guess, how you think they've been doing so far. I know I did see a little snippet of a preseason game. 
somebody, uh, I don't know, Bears fan of some kind, was talking about how the run defense seemed good in the preseason game until these two guys came in. So I don't know if maybe they lean more on the pass rush side or, or, or where you guys stand on that. But what do you think about those two guys in terms of where they are now? You want to get this up? I can go ahead, yeah. With Zach Pickens, I think with a guy like him, man, he's really proven that, hey, he's a guy that could definitely get in the backfield. I mean, this is a kid that you just really didn't know what he's going to bring when you drafted him. But just seeing his whole aura, right, how he attacks things, you know, how he's been developing, how he's been growing. You heard a lot about him in camp doing good things. Then you also see it in preseason as well. So he really pretty much stepped up to the challenge of saying that, hey, if anybody slip off, you know, uh, if Jones don't play up to par, we know we have someone coming off the bench that really can step in and do a, a solid job. And yeah, with, and with, I was going to say too, and with Dexter, there's there was a lot of talk amongst the fan base and media and people that were watching him in camp talking about his get off, and a lot yeah. of people were concerned, saying he was not getting off the ball. Well, guess what? That may be the truth, but anytime I saw him lining up with somebody in one on ones in training camp, he was blowing by them. Right. So I think with a guy like him, we may have to like kind of shy away from like some of the traditional ways that we're evaluating people because right. he's a football player, man. and He gets things done. I don't want to overblow this too much. But when we had the joint practices against the Colts, everybody knows who Quentin Nelson is. I'm a Notre mm -hmm. Dame fan. The guy's a stud. And Javon, Dix and Javon Dexter, hey, he did work against Quentin Nelson. Do you think this is going to be a situation where right now, Pickens and Dexter are the three and four, and by the end of the season, they're the one and two. I could see Dexter getting in there for sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be at least hard to overtake Billings. I know he's a really solid run defender, and he's going to be an important part of the defense. But, uh, yeah, yeah it, it would it would almost surprise me if either Pickens or Dexter didn't overtake Justin Jones by, uh, well, honestly, by midseason, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because no, um, you, you see, you watch tape, so you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it with uh, – anyways – he, he, he likes to talk crap about the Packers, too, so I kind of especially hope he, he goes down the depth chart pretty quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not my favorite Bears player of all time. <laughs> all right, so let, let's just talk about the edge. You mentioned that that was a concern. Obviously, that's a critical piece. If you're going to be a, a successful football team, you got to have pass rush. I think Yannick, he does a good job of, of generating the stats, so I, I can't talk too much about him. Um, I think everywhere he goes, he always ends up being a little overhyped, but um, he's he's going to get his pressures, and so especially with me, my my cursed tongue, I better watch what I say. But um, if nothing else, I, I think I think it's fair to say that he's a, a concern as far as run defense, and and that was one of the interesting things about what the Bears chose to do, because it seems like the team, from my perspective, is broke down into we got our pass rushers and we got our run defenders. Um, it was a little bit interesting to me that you got rid of Travis Gibson. I know he was probably overrated to begin with, but he's another guy. I think he led in sacks, at least at that position. Um, and he also had a great offseason or a preseason or whatever. Sure um, do. But it seemed like, it, and again, maybe I'm wrong, they kind of wanted to prioritize a couple guys that can hold the edge in those situations. Is that kind of how you feel about it? Yeah, that was 100% what it was. While I, you know, didn't agree with the move, but Ryan Poles yeah. is, is, is paid the big bucks. So to your point, I mean, I was surprised, man, when the, when the random trade request came out in the middle of that Bills preseason game, then he goes out and makes a strip sack. I'm like, you can't make this up. What is going on? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, Ryan, I'm like, okay, if anything, they're going to get a, maybe a late-round draft pick for the guy, but they cut him outright. That yeah. surprised me. And I'm like, a talent like that, I would have loved to keep him in my scheme. But however, 
I think that they feel like he might be more of a 3-4 defensive end. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I didn't like the move. Yeah. Do you, so, I mean, I guess just real real quick, big picture for the Chicago Bears. Obviously, this isn't the finished product. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Do you have a guy on the edge right now that you feel like is a long-term answer? Or is this, this something that needs to be completely built from the ground up in the draft? I think this needs to be built from the ground up. Yeah. Dominique Robinson is a guy that we drafted last year. Uh, he's a more of a project player. He flashed earlier in the season and kind of faded a little bit. I think he's someone that they're high on. Maybe A-Dub and I not so much. We'll see. But I think this is a position they're going to have to really reevaluate uh, in the future drafts. And then arguably the strength of the defense would be the interior of the uh, the interior linebackers. Oh, You've yeah. got – TJ Edwards, who I'm 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 almost annoyed that he's overshadowed by Tremaine Edmonds, because I like TJ <laughs> Edwards more than I like Tremaine Edmonds. I've always been a TJ Edwards fan. He came he came out of Wisconsin and got a bunch of hype, and I kind of rolled my eyes like, yeah, yeah, Badgers fans think he's good. And he's been solid every single year. Run defense, coverage, everything. And it's just it's like nobody talks about the guy, and I don't know why. So I was annoyed that you guys got TJ Edwards. I think he's gonna be a really good football player. I thought that was the best uh, move that they made um uh, this yeah. offseason. Especially when you look at the price, right? I mean, Tremaine Edmonds was a was a big contract. TJ Edwards was like the little brother thing, and I'm like, I think that's totally backwards. You should have given Edwards the Tremaine Edmonds contract. But um, so so you've got uh, those are your two main guys, and then you got Jack Sanborn. That was kind of the thing that surprised me a little bit too, because I thought you had something with Sanborn, and you still do. But in terms of uh, not maybe even needing to get as many linebackers as you have, but you've got the depth, you've got the talent there. What do, what are your guys' expectations for the linebackers this year? I think the linebackers should be solid. I mean, you talk about an upgrade from last year. I mean, yeah, the only right. person we can think of. From last year that you talked about was Jack Sanborn. He's the only one out there really right. making plays and making things happen. But now you re-up with two guys with TJ Edwards and Tremaine. Now you got something to really work with. Now they got leadership. You got people that understand how to play football. The IQ is there and just the, you know, the sense of urgency. So now you pretty much got a good core group here that can actually help when it's talk to talk about stopping the run, but also can definitely step back into the passing game and help out in that area as well. So you pretty much put yourself in a good situation. So for me, I think this unit, this group, even having Noah Sewell come off the bench, right, is going to be a nice group for the Bears to have. And I think they're going to be solid this season here because, um, of course, that's a group that's going to make a bigger difference for the Bears uh, moving forward. So I, I got to ask you the slanted bias Packers question. How comfortable do you actually feel, though, with the amount of resources put at the middle linebacker position? I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw those salary cap do dollars going there, <laughs> I was like – Ooh, hope he's right. That's seventy-two million. When they, when yeah. I saw that one, I'm like, good lord. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you like you said, you can't argue that it's an upgrade, but but there's also still a question of, yeah, was it the right decision to make? But, um, and uh, but you know, it, it is what it is, and um, I, I think at this stage where the Bears are at, like you said, there, there's a lot of rebuilding that still needs to happen, and by the time this thing gets all the way built up, I'm not sure that that's going to matter all that much at that point, but. Um, all right, let's uh, let's look at the cornerbacks because this this is one I actually I, I I have a pretty solid opinion on a lot of places. The corners I don't necessarily. Uh, first of all, so so I believe the the order is on the outside. You've got um, Jalen Johnson and yep. Tyreek Stevenson, the rookie. Yep. And then Kyler Gordon in the nickel. Correct. Let's start with Tyreek Stevenson. How's he looked? 
So it's been up and down for him, as you would expect with being a rookie. In training camp, he was getting baptized by DJ Moore and yeah. Chase Claypool pretty religiously. However, as we know the way that this stuff works, iron sharpens iron. Because right. when the, the games mattered, we see Tyreek Stevenson out here making plays on the football. Now, he gets a little loose in his discipline, commits penalties, pass interference, holding, things of that nature. But he's got that next play mentality, and that's what I really like. Comes from the U, got a little bit of that swagger. He's made plays out there. So a guy like Tyreek Stevenson, I think he's going to have a really solid rookie season. And playing opposite of Jalen Johnson, you know the Packers are going to pick on him all day on Sunday. Yeah. And then uh, Kyler Gordon, I know it seemed like there was a lot of optimism at first, and then things just didn't go super well. Did, did he start in the slot earlier, or was he moved there? Kyler. You want that started. He started in slot part of it, but he's also moved a lot as well. You see him okay. outside, then you see him back in the slot. And I think Prez and I really talk heavily about that. We say, hey, give this guy one job. <laughs> Let him focus on one area. And I think right. early on, he kind of struggled with that early on. And then all of a sudden, like you said, he started getting more reps at the um, in the slot. And then something just clicked. And late in the season, you start to see this guy start to transform. And then you even see him come into this season, right, preseason, how he's out there hitting guys, knowing where to be, quicker to the ball. I mean, he's out there wrecking havoc now. So you can see the growth in him. You saw some of that, again, last season. But now you're looking at this guy year two. He's much prepared, ready. You know, the fact that last year didn't really have a good offseason because, you know, the COVID and all that stuff. But now just looking at where he's at right now, it's like, well, this guy definitely is showing improvement that that slide is probably the best position for him at this point. And um, right now we think he's going to be pretty solid for us. Well, all right, yeah, thing, that, I was going to say real quick, now – with Kyler Gordon, he prefers to play on the outside. However, the coaching staff, they feel like based on his skill set and just his athleticism, that for this defense, it's most important to put him there. And I agree with it. Just if you look at his skill set, his abilities, A-Dub, we, we, nicknamed, we nicknamed him Spider-Man just because he's like all over the place making plays, anticipation. So honestly, in that defense, I think top, Kyler Gordon, he works best there in that, in that slot spot. Yeah, I was just, I hadn't really looked at it, but I'm looking at it now um, over on PFF. They broke down. It looks like he played primarily four games on the boundary. Three of his four worst games were on the boundary. Yep. So, yeah, he's he's definitely better in the slot. Um, and that, and it's, it's interesting to hear. I hadn't really heard much about Kyler Gordon since. Um, I knew there was frustration last year, but I did not know that that had turned around. So that's, that's expected to be somewhat of a strength, I guess. It'll be interesting to see uh, – Presumably, he's going to be going up against our rookie, uh, Jaden Reed. So that'll be a fun matchup to, to keep an eye on, that who might be stud. our most, <laughs> most that, that gives a stud. He's going to get targeted on Sunday, right? <laughs> I, I, well, I was just going to say, he might be our most experienced wide receiver out there with all yeah. the injuries we got. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right, Jalen Johnson, give me a breakdown on, on where you feel like he's at. And his He's relatively young, but how's he doing? Jalen Johnson is, is doing well. I think he's doing well. This is actually the contract year for him, right? Uh, this is this is a, a make or break kind of a thing for him. So you think about Jalen Johnson, you know, how well this guy's played for the Chicago Bears uh, last season. Since he's been with the, the team, you know, and last year he did suffer some injuries that had a little bit of a setback to him, but he was able to get back on track. And the thing is about him, he doesn't get a lot of interception that everyone knows. But the thing is, he's very good in coverage. So you talk about getting beat, very rarely you see him getting beat. He's always a guy that can get back and recover as well. But I like his physicality. And a guy like him, man, I'll tell you, he's been a lifesaver for the Chicago Bears. You talk about matching up against a lot of these tough wide receivers. And then uh, looking at safety, uh, I, I mentioned that 
maybe the strength of the defense was linebackers. I think the other one you could argue would be safety, which mm -hmm. Juan Brisker and Eddie Jackson. Um, this is another one that's, that's kind of interesting to me, especially because of Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson is one of the weirdest players I've ever seen. 2018, I mean, this this was like a Hall of Fame safety all, performance. All pro everything, right? Right. <laughs> then he kind of goes quiet for a while, and it's like, well, I guess maybe, you know, it, it wasn't that big of a thing. And then in 2022, all of a sudden, he's like, hey, I'm back. So mm -hmm. yep. what 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 is the the um, uh, level of optimism, I guess, for Eddie Jackson that that maybe with the new defensive scheme or whatever the case may be, that this is just who he is from now on and we're not going to see him go quiet again? Yeah, I think this is it's safe to say that this is the, the Bojack that we all love and remembered. I think the new coaching staff, I think it invigorated him. I think sure. the previous regime, I feel like he might have just been going through the motions. I think with Matt Eberflus getting the job. He came in with a clean slate, didn't hold anything over Eddie Jackson's head, and it gave him the opportunity to show him the type of player he could be, right? Now you have a guy like Eddie Jackson who's the captain of the team. He wasn't a captain of the team under Matt Nagy in that, in that regime. So it's like Eberflus came in and said, look, guys, you got an opportunity here. If you want to go get it, and Eddie Jackson did. And when you have a guy like Jaquan Brisker next to you, who I think, man, is, is oozing with so much potential, mm -hmm. The fact that you have that tandem, I think that might be one of your better safety tandems in the, in the division. Yeah, and that, that was going to be my next thing is, is with Jaquan Brisker. I know because early on especially, you start seeing some of the highlights of this guy. And, I, I mean, I was worried about the Vikings and the Bears getting those back-to-back -back DBs. They all, you know, Lewis Seen over there and Brisker yep. over here. And I was, I was kind of worried about all of them. And Brisker was the one in that entire group that was really getting the highlights. And I was starting to worry. Um so it, it looks like it was you know, just just kind of glancing at it. It was a lot of highlights, but he had he had some kind of rookie moments in there mixed in. Sure. Um, but you but you're thinking there's going to be a big second year leap, and this is going to be like you said because because I would agree if Eddie Jackson stays Eddie Jackson and, and Brisker takes a, a a step in year two and is more consistent with those highs, I don't think there's any doubt this is a top safety tandem. That's kind of what you're expecting this year. That's kind of what I'm expecting. With a guy like Jaquan Brisker, we know that he had the struggles in coverage last year, tackling and things of that nature. But when you just talk about raw talent and the guy that just wants it, yeah, man, he has that. I mean, he played through a lot of injuries, gutted it out. I can't say enough about the kid. I mean, as a rookie, he didn't even play like a rookie. I know he, he had some rookie. of those mistakes, but, man, that kid, he's got it, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm seeing a picture of him. His neck is wider than his head, so it's like, yeah, this, guy's, gonna, he's, this guy's just gonna kill people. Yeah, he's different, man. He's different. <laughs> All right, last thing, and it's it's the I saved the worst for last. What do we need to know about the special teams? Is this like a, a oh shoot, we're in trouble, or we might have some studs, or or is it just kind of whatever? It is what it is. Well, we went out and signed Taylor from the Bengals for punt yeah. return to, to shore up the areas where Valus Jones is is falling short. Sure. It really ticked me off, Ryan, because I'm like, we had to burn a roster spot at punt returner. That could have been P.J. Walker coming back, sure. right, potentially, sure. right? So that ticked me off. So special teams-wise, we don't even know what the hell we have in a return game right now. <laughs> you know, because we don't know what Vellis is going to be able to do a kickoff return. We don't know what Tyler Scott's going to be able to do back there. But the one person that we know we can depend on is Cairo Santos. And Cairo, we trust, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I, I, I was going to end with that, but I, I, I can't leave without asking. 
what what do you guys think? And I don't know if you've done this, and it's kind of unfair because I won't. I refuse to do it for the Packers. But what do you think if I told you uh, record prediction for the Bears this year? What what are you leaning toward? Oof. Jeez. <laughs> I give them a nine. What nine eight season? I I can sure. see that. I think it's. You know, the Bears had some tough games last year. They were in a lot of games last year that they lost that they possibly could have won, you know. Yep. And I think with this renewed roster the upgrade, of course, your boy Aaron Rodgers is not in the city anymore, you know, in the division anymore. It just opens a lot of things up for the Bears. And I just think that with how things might go this season for them, again, with improved team, wideouts and all, I mean, they could potentially win nine games, you know. And that's that's a, to me, that's an upgrade for the Bears in that sense for what they were last year from a win standpoint. I think for me, I've, I haven't been this excited for a week one in a long time, especially, oh, especially, since, yeah, right. <laughs> so that part has been awesome. Yeah. I think I'm scared, though, to be honest with you, right? If yeah. everything goes well, I can see nine wins. But man, dude, it, it, all it's going to take is an injury to somebody that I'm not going to speak out loud and I'm not going to put that <laughs> into existence. But we're one of those away from this season being a you know what show. That's yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you jumping out with me. I want to be able to get you guys out of here at a reasonable time. I know I was late getting in here. Uh, everybody, please remember, check out the Bear Essentials Podcast. I'm white, so I sound stupid saying it. It's D-A-B-E-A-R Essentials Podcast. Uh, like, like I said, I've, I've, I've worked with you guys in the past, and I really appreciate it. Uh, always working with you, and, and and it is one of the most fun podcast. I mean, just of any sports podcast, it's one of the most fun. The, the dynamic you guys have, you guys have fun and uh, reasonable takes. It's not just uh, blind optimism, and and the Packers are horrible and all this stuff. So, Packer fans, I'm I'm really encouraging you check it out. Go uh, go um, subscribe to their podcast and stay up to date on what the uh, the rivals are doing. Uh, uh, A Dub and Prez, I really appreciate your time, man. Hey, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll, 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 I'll be messaging you on Sunday. For sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, unless we're losing, then I'm don't even bother. <laughs> don't talk to me. Do not talk to me. <laughs> My man. Hey, thanks again for having us on, brother. All right, man. Take Have a good one. Yep. Later.